Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson, and it is a beautiful day oh, it's beautiful, here in yeah. Phoenix. Uh, we are still in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, at the uh, Arizona Biltmore here where the owners' meetings, uh, they wrapped up basically yesterday, but there's mm-hmm. still some things happening here. Uh, you know, there's still some guys hanging about and right, right, around. Right. And, um, a lot quieter, obviously. Yeah. Right, uh, right. I th- pretty much all the uh, NFL movers and shakers skedaddled. Mm-hmm. And if we'll, they didn't we'll go last tomorrow, night, right. they they left early this morning. Right, right, right. And we'll skedaddle tomorrow, but we got uh, three more hours here for you to absolutely you know, chat about what's going on in the league a, and the Steelers. Put a bow on these stuff. things. Right, right, right. It's uh, been a good week. Yeah, absolutely. Had a lot of uh, interesting guests this week. We've uh, handled uh, a lot of business here. The NFL handled a lot of business mm-hmm. as well, uh, going through some uh, some rule changes. Uh, one thing we didn't mention yesterday when we were going through the uh, rule changes is that the uh, Guardian helmets that everybody was screaming and yelling about last year, more so the fans. Yeah, right. Oh, right. they look weird. They look weird. We're well, going to see more of them this year. Okay. I, I didn't catch that. I yeah. Mean, they must have been a successful experiment all in all, huh? The Steelers were already um, at the forefront on that. Mike, right. Mike Tallman did them in, in minicamp and things you know not everybody did in the league yeah not everybody did for minicamp but it was mandatory for those first couple weeks of training camp Mm -hmm. and then Tomlin continued to have them wear them um, not just through the rest of training camp but then into the regular season as well a lot of guys wore them who cares what they look like it's practice right it's practice talk about practice right right I mean if it you know it alleviates one injury or extends one career it's worth it you know yeah I mean? absolutely right. yeah, so I mean, why not i assume that's the way tomlin looked at it yeah i mean he, he, you know he just figures that you know safety safety and mm-hmm. if you if you can be safer you know in your practices why not why not right i mean just a little bit less impact or whatever yeah so, interesting so the league must have thought it was a good idea yeah uh looking here at some of the other uh, breakdowns on these um they expanded the rule against the use of the helmet as a weapon. Okay. Um, that, that was what the verbiage when we talked about that one. A uh, 15-yard penalty will continue to be called upon or called if a player lowers his head and makes forcible contact with his helmet against an opponent. But now a player also will be penalized if he uses any part of his helmet or face mask to butt or make forcible contact to an opponent's head or neck area. That's going to be – okay. you're not going to be able to call that in, like, in the trenches. I was going to say, I mean, like, example. I was at Pitt, and we were trying to learn similar techniques to what Coach Mitchell was teaching his defensive linemen during the Aaron Smith, yeah. Casey Hampton era. And the idea is, you know, keep your head up. And they had a real – I remember sitting in there just kind of listening and learning whatever I could. And a big thing that they would teach those guys was head and hands. They created a triangle – with three points of contact for the offensive lineman, their big palms, and their forehead. You know, that they would make a triangle yeah. and smack that guy, control him, press him away from his body, and take either gap. That can't be illegal. Yeah, this, this is, <laughs> you know, they're, right, they're right, saying, right. it says here in the uh, story on NFL.com, um, incidental contact with a mask or helmet over the course of a conventional block or tackle is allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that's going to be called on players in space. Okay, okay, So Good. That makes some sense. Yeah. And I hope it doesn't interfere with, I mean, many, many people are taught, you know, you put your helmet on the football, you know, right. as a tackler. I mean, try to get it across their body and, you know, drive your helmet into the football to try to jar it loose. I think what they're trying to get here is defenders to not go in high and, and get, you know, contact mm-hmm. with the head. You know, yeah, keep, yeah. Keep your helmet, you know, below the neck. Makes sense. You know, and, yeah, and yeah. you know, so – um, 
everyone rips on the refs and gives them a hard time, and they have a very, very tough job. Without a doubt. But I hope they don't take this a little too far. You know well, what I mean? Well, you know, what, happens, about what happens a lot of times with these kind of penalties, with, with these kind of things, infractions, um, they'll call them in the preseason, tightly, in the, pre- yeah, yeah, tightly yeah. in the preseason and then kind of – Point of emphasis. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then ease back on them once the season starts because you don't want to – nobody wants to see a games with 20 penalty flags. Right, right. Nobody. And the NFL, the fans, the coaches – Across the board. I, and preseason football can be annoying. I mean, especially once the, the luster of seeing these guys run around for the first week or two. But I do think that's a good way of doing it is, hey, get used to playing two or three games with these new rules or points of emphasis, and maybe we will scale it back a little as the season went on. But, hey, we warned you. You know, we, yeah, we, right. we, we to- coached you up of what we're going to do. Uh, the uh, As I mentioned, the Guardian, camp, uh, Guardian caps uh, were worn during training camps last season. Now they'll be mandated at every preseason practice as well as every regular season and pro, uh, postseason practice wow. that have contact. Okay. So if you got so pads, it's a walkthrough, if you got pads on, you're wearing them. You're wearing them. So that's like a pad. I mean, like yeah. if you have shoulder pads on, you got your helmet Absolutely. pad on. You know, right, right. Absolutely. Good. I mean, they're, they're not attractive, but I could care less. Um, and again, I, this doesn't affect John Q. Fan at all. No, how many practice? I mean, you if you're sitting on the hill at training camp, you might be like, they got funny things on their helmet, but oh yeah. well, you know. Uh, they said here that uh, kind of looks like a Last of Us monster. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the league's data showed that if one play, if one player is wearing the guardian cap at the time of the helmet hit, the cap will absorb eleven to twelve percent of the force. Wow, if that's both, more than I would have thought. Right? Yeah, if both players are wearing the cap and have a helmet to helmet hit, the force of the impact is reduced by about around twenty percent. Okay, that's a lot. That's a, a that's significant a lot, right? amount. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's not on my head. Is it? Does it bother some players? Is it a weight that they're not used to? I, I don't know, but I mean, it's practice. You'll be fine. Uh, the hip drop tackle that they were talking about. Okay, I didn't quite understand. That's that. That's the, the one where the, the you uh, you're tackling a guy and you end up sliding down mm-hmm. to his hip and dragging him to the ground. Okay. So it's almost like the horse collar tackle. Where yeah, because kind of, a lot of times their knees buckle and, right. and they kind of jar backwards. You're falling on the back of his, his Yeah, the legs. back of his extremities. You know, yeah. Right, right. Uh, this is according to Judy Batiste, who does great work for mm-hmm. NFL. Yeah, she sat down with us a couple times. Uh, she said that uh, it's going to be a topic of more study leading into the owner's May meeting. The league wants coaches to agree on a definition of what constitutes a hip drop tackle. I was in there thinking, how do you call it, though? Yeah, I mean, those poor tacklers have a tough enough time. Well, it, it got it got kind of when, when Patrick the Patrick Mahomes play. Yes, and okay. you even heard people say, "Well, that was a dirty tackle." I don't know. It was intentionally. You're not intentionally right, doing right. that. You're trying to get the guy on the ground. You hit him from behind. You slide down and right. You know, I, I mean, to think that your first grasp is just going to always grab cloth and yeah. not slip off from time. But to it was time. also the same tackle. If you remember that when Vontez Burfecht tackled Le'Veon Bell. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. that same tackle. I mean, it's certainly dangerous. It's Anything a dangerous from behind tackle. like that, yeah. or the ankle could get you know rolled up. It gets as trapped it underneath. Gets trapped and yeah. snap back the other way, or it is kind of a horse collar motion to the tackled guy. Yeah. So it's it's one that tough one to enforce. It, it's a tough I, one I to enforce because you're you know you're you're paid to get the you know the, the opponent on the ground. Right. I mean, there's so many unnatural things already, mostly around quarterbacks. I can't put all my weight on them, so I, I I'm chasing down someone really fast. I finally get to him, wrap him from behind, start to slip off. Am I really just going to let him go? And <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's, that's going to be a tough one. Well, and, and Tackler, the, Tackling's hard in this league. Man. The first time somebody does that and the guy continues to run, 
That's what I mean. Right? Fans are going to go nuts. Oh, like, look at what he, what's he terrible. doing there? He's terrible. He stinks. Right, right, right. You like, know, it's. Is it better to let him run or get the fifteen? Yeah, and maybe a, hurt him. It's just like the, the you know these you know you see a lot of tacklers now throw their throw their bodies in the guy and try to either shoulder him to the ground or just kind of knock him to Nudge the ground. Him, yeah. Because a lot of times you can't you're not allowed to you know where what's, what's your what's your target area here? Yeah, and the other thing about it too is certainly compared to the good old days, they don't practice tackling in in practice nearly as much. Practice times much more limited. They, you know, rarely anyone tra- tackles their own in training camp. I mean, so tra- tackling's been a lost art really over the last 10, 20 years, and now you're making the rules harder on them. Yeah. But deep down, I think after last year, the NFL wants more offense. One, yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I mean, you know, and that's going to be a trend here. You want more offense. You yeah. want to make the game safer. For sure. You know, and that's that's all part of it as well. And so what? Safeties and linebackers, your life's harder. <laughs> you know? Yeah. As if it wasn't difficult enough. But <laughs> the scoring was down. Fantasy points were down. You know, I think people, they, the the viewer, the big picture will be, and I don't, I'm, I obviously was not in the meetings yesterday with the owners, but I'm sure it came up many ways where we can't have this scoring trend continue to go down. Right, right, right. Um, the other thing that the, the league did yesterday uh, was expanded the Thursday night game. What do you mean by that? Now all teams can play two oh, okay. during the season. What they didn't do, however, was make those games flexible. Hmm. And Art Rooney uh, talked about that uh, yesterday. Art Rooney II um, was asked about that when we talked to him, and he, you know, he voted against flexing those things because they wanted to do it on a 15-day window. Okay. And he said that's just that's just not enough turn you know time to if to, a team gets two of those ultra short weeks that's a real hindrance. Well, here's what Rooney said about it. He said I think we can do a good I think we can do a better job of scheduling those things so that you around your bye. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know you may have one short week, but then you, maybe you play back to back Thursday night games and then you get your bye. Yeah, 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 or something like that. Right. I, I think they have not done a tremendous job yeah. of that. What I've always proposed, and it's a lot easier for me to sit here, you know, at this table as opposed to laying it all out, is give them two bye weeks, and no one ever has a four-day window. See, they're not interested in doing double buys. I know that they don't want to do. Um, you know, it just it extends the season extends even more season so than more, it right. does. Uh, but I, I, now they have I th- seventeen games. Yeah, too, I think right? if you do it so that you know you play that, you've already everybody's already used to playing one short. Mm-hmm. So if you play that first short week and then. You know, maybe you have your buy after that, or maybe you have, a, you know, your. It'd be nice to have your buy before. Right. And if you're coming you have, out of your buy and then play, buy, and then then play back-to-back a, Thursday games or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, of course, one or two teams will not have the benefit, and you'll, yeah. you know, we'll look at the schedule and like, man. And road versus home is a big thing, too. I mean, Without a doubt. If you have two road Thursday short weeks, I'm taking the under on your win total, or whatever if, it is. Or if you're the team that has – it's going to be almost impossible for them to set it up. I mean, they they could, but it mm-hmm. probably you know almost impossible to set it up where both teams are playing equal rest Thursday with equal, equal rest. rest. Yeah, yeah. So if you got one team that that played thir- last Thursday night, the other team played Sunday, mm-hmm. and then they're playing that on that Thursday. Yeah, that's a big deal. It's a huge. Yeah, yeah. it's a big difference. So. I think the league has done a tremendous job of giving teams as much rest as humanly possible when they go overseas or yeah. play in Mexico or anything like that. But I almost think you should look at Thursday as 
similar light, you know, not yeah. as strong. But I really have well, a hard time. One thing you could do with that. Short week so, okay, so you have one team playing. They play their, their game on a Thursday. They're playing then again the next Thursday. That's great. The team that they're playing in that Thursday night game is coming off their bye. Yes. I mean, that's the perfect world. That's yeah, so yeah, You right. can do some of that. You can do some of that. And then maybe that team plays the next Thursday. Or, you know, you give that team their bye coming out of that Thursday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you're going to play two games in a short period. But then, then you're going to get a bye. Extended rest, yeah. right, right. Yeah. And it's hard to make that happen for 18 weeks of the year. That's the problem. Know, right? yeah. I mean, course. that's why they've got people who do nothing but schedule it's, Can you imagine games. that jigsaw puzzle? Yeah. yeah oh, right. I, trust me, I do. So, you know, I, I run the baseball, the Pony League in, in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, we've incorporated now to the point where I have basically most of Washington County plays in my Pony League. Okay, right, right. Um, the, for, the, for the first five years that I did that, and you're t- we're talking, you know, this is – 15, 16 teams, five different baseball fields. <laughs> rain outs. I did the scheduling, rain outs, <laughs> yeah, all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I did the schedule. Boom. And everybody's like – no one's ever happened. Nobody's, nobody's ever happened. Well, why are we playing on this day? Why I can't play on that day. Why they said, you know what, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a meeting. Okay. You guys are going to schedule your own games. Here are the dates that okay. are open at these fields. Here's the fields. Yeah. Fill in you the know when You know when your team can and can't play. Okay. You know how much rest your team is going to need in between to do this. You schedule your games. That will cut down on our rain. You know, we'll have still have rainouts. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to hear anybody, call, you know, calling me and saying, well, I don't have enough players to play tonight. I got 10 guys on vacation this yeah. week or something. I don't want to hear it because you should know ahead of time before we go yeah. walk into that meeting that on that night we have a core, you know, there's a chorus okay. concert at, at yeah. Canada McMillan. We can't be there. And the 15th is out for us or <laughs> yeah. whatever instead of me writing up the schedule and then you asking, telling all the changes. Or you got a, you know, you got five guys who are off playing uh, travel baseball on the weekend, so you can't play on that Monday game. I, that's, be- that's on you. And before you did that, of course, no one was like, hey, nice job on the schedule. Never. Never. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it, it literally would take me the better part. I'd sit there for – Four or five hours a night for an entire week. Every week. Putting together. No, just for, for preseason. So an entire week. I spent about 20 hours probably. Wow. Building that schedule. And never was it good enough, of course. Right. There were always something that ended up having to be changed. And, and obviously the NFL is a different. This is different. Thousand, yeah. But yeah. still, I mean, it's still an unbelievable puzzle to put together. You know, when does, when's Taylor Swift That's playing? Like, yeah. Right, right. There were Pirates. <laughs> bad example. Uh, baseball teams in the playoffs. But if, or, if your baseball you know. team is at home that weekend. Right, right. And your stadiums are next door. If you're Kansas City, mm-hmm. where the stadiums, share, they share the same parking area you can't have a, a royals game and a chiefs game the same on the same Not, day i mean it could be a one o'clock and a nine o'clock or whatever i mean even maybe that's, that's it's tough. still bonkers right because yeah. i mean who's going to move their car you know, all that stuff and then of course you don't want to give a team three road games in a row or you know things like that where you just beat them up but it's i mean scheduling's brutal and you take you get what you get and you don't get upset yeah i mean i've had guys approach me you know i have a program that does that well, it's not, I've I've used those before. The programs mm-hmm. when I just had to schedule games for for my just one field. Yeah. Okay. I go. You know, I got, I got seven. I got six teams. One field. Here's the dates. Put them in. Boom. Team A, team B. It doesn't matter what happens. When right? you get five different fields involved, <laughs> and you know, it, it, it gets a little dicey. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> Let alone thirty-two of them. Yeah. Right. Because I got to know exactly one, what right. days. Okay, this field's not available. I, you, you almost have to have like a. Here are the blackout dates on that field. There are the blackout dates on that field. Mm-hmm. Just and hey, I mean we're in Arizona, so if I'm the Cardinals and the schedule comes out and I have to go to Miami, and then the next week I have to go to New England, I'd be like, 
guys. <laughs> or Seattle. Right, yeah. right, right. I mean, like, extended crazy road trips that I can't just, like, spend both days there or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's not like Giants Jets back to get back. Yeah, so uh, we'll see with that with that Thursday. That's why we do that again. schedule release show, though. Yeah, Art uh, Art Rooney uh, the second was adamantly against that because he didn't like the uh, the fifteen day window. Like they, two weeks out, they're they're going to say instead of playing Sunday ne- next now week, you get Thursday. You're playing Thursday. That's a big deal. Well, and you got to get everyone there and the hotels and I mean, there's logistics to it, flights and let alone you know, the fans. Fans, or that's yeah. The, you know, the, 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 you're you're a family. Fans travel you're, better you're, than anybody. Yeah, you're right. you're coming and you make plans. You you didn't schedule your flight two weeks out. Right, it's going to be more expensive for everybody. Yeah. of course. Right, and, right, right. and so you know you get your you get your kid. You're going to take your kids to a game. And all of a sudden, this, that Sunday game gets moved to Thursday. Yeah, and you break your and kid's you can't heart. go. Yeah, yeah. And the kid's like, "It's the only first game of my life, Dad. <laughs> my birthday present, my Christmas present." Sorry, sorry, I can't do it. You know, yeah, you, you got to take you out of school for four days. And what are you really gaining by it? You know, yeah. right? Yeah, I hear you. So that's interesting. The addition of the Thursday, I think, I'm not in favor of Thursday football period, but it's not going away. It's not going to go away. Right. Everyone no. in the world watches it, including me. And you know, I think it. When you when you start adding, you, know, you can watch them or not watch them. It's up to you. Now the the thing, it's the interesting thing here. So if you can get, if everybody's going to get scheduled for two, yeah, does that mean they're doing two Thursday night games? That's what I say. Does everybody get scheduled for two, or you can get scheduled for two? Well, that's what I haven't figured out. Because I don't. If everyone gets scheduled for two, that's too many games, right? I mean, there's only seven. Well, they do three. They do three on Thanksgiving. Oh, right. Maybe they, opening day would be a doubleheader. They want to add a Black Friday game, which would be kind of considered. There isn't one week 17, though, or week 18. Correct? Right. I think they all play the same. Yeah. And maybe not week 17, from what I remember. No, remember 17. those last two weekends, there's a lot of Saturdays and Sundays. I think 17 might have fallen that way because of the – Christmas. And they added Saturday games. Yeah. I would say the last two weeks, I think, had Saturdays and Sundays, but I think it was because yeah. of Christmas this year. Yeah. Because Christmas Eve was Saturday. I'm yeah, not, not um, that up. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it, it's all very interesting, but yeah, I, you know, I, th- I think you can kind of expect. I mean, I as a viewer, I wouldn't hate more Thursday action. Yeah, I mean, I like standalone games. The, the problem with it becomes, you know, if, if you if everybody's not doing it, right, then you're giving probably your lesser teams an advantage because mm-hmm. you're not going to ask them. You're you're going to want to put your premium your your. your Good teams in those games. They haven't up to this date, though. I mean, Saturday or well, Sunday. Well, at this point, before this, too. everybody had to have one. Okay. So everyone had one previous seasons. This yeah. year, people can have two. Yeah. You don't have to have two. Well, That's if you remember, I though, it. like Dallas had has always had two. But they always luck out and do because they don't consider Thanksgiving. They don't consider that Thanksgiving game their Thursday night game. They, and, but they often get it. The Thursday back to back. game back to back and have a full week's rest. Yeah. So they only get shorted once. Yeah. Because they volunteered to play Thursday. Yeah, yeah. And but it's, for some reason it doesn't seem to work that way for the Lions. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. We'll see how I'll see we'll hear more and more about this. Yeah. It? Not massive rule changes though. No, did you see by the way the uh, sale prices on the uh, Washington Commanders as well? I knew it was super high. To uh, so the asking price, I believe, was like seven seven billion. Mm-hmm. We've got two offers for six, and I think the Broncos went for five ish, right? Yeah. Okay. And that's a still about. I think. I, I don't think he paid quite a billion dollars, maybe just over a billion dollars oh. when he bought it. 
pretty good investment. Pretty good investment. And he for, couldn't have been worse. Right. They handling his, his made investment. The, yeah, right. in 20 years, they've made the playoffs like three times. Right, and lost a lot of fans. And, yeah. You know, right, and turned people off. Right, and it's still appreciated by six times or whatever. Yeah. Not bad. Business is good in the league. <laughs> Folks, I say this all the time. I mean, if you want to know if the league's doing well, the first thing you do is you look at the price of the franchises. I mean, it doesn't matter what the players are making nearly as much. The The money of the league is what are the franchises worth. Yeah. And they're yeah. not all the same. It's funny. I was watching uh, yesterday when, I, when we got back. It'd be great if Washington was a good organization yeah. again, though. There was a show on. Uh, I was on the NFL Network, and they were talking about it. Looking back at the 1984 season. Okay. And all the records that were broken that year. Mm-hmm. You had, the Marino's rookie year. Marino's, yeah, yeah. Marino's throws all those touchdown passes. Dickerson goes over 2,000 yards. Yeah, yeah. Gastineau had all the same. Oh, uh, okay. He was over 20, I think. Right. But there was, there was talk then that the NFL was in decline. Okay. People weren't Well, they recently had a strike. Yeah. Yeah. And Scout so, yeah. League, and, you know. Um, and, so, you know, the, they were – Sports Illustrated, uh, you know, did a uh, – it was a cover piece. Mm-hmm. Is this the end of the NFL? Is it, I guess USFL was a competitor was a, at that point. It was a competitor too. at right, that point, right. yeah. It couldn't be stronger than it is now. No, no. I mean, TV, gambling, That's 30, year, that's 30 years ago that people started, oh, ago, the NFL right. is not – and, you know, there were people who – I remember the first million-dollar contract was right around then, too. Yeah. Like, whoa, man, I don't know what we're going to do about that. Yeah, yeah right. right. But there were people who, who know the game, who covered the game a lot, who was talk, were talking about it. And Howard Cosell on there saying, I think the league is in decline, and I don't think it's ever going to be like it was. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good at what they do. Yeah. You know, and they – I mean, this is a perfect example of just – Keeping the year so relevant. I mean, the draft's right around the corner, and yeah. you know, free agency season starts. We're going to get and, back from here, and you know, less than or three weeks later, we're going to be drafting. Yeah, heavy. You know, right? And then there's still two former MVPs that could be moving, and you know, there's other trade candidates, and there's be more signings. I bet there's a trade or two. You know, I mean, so it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Matt, we're going to take a break. All right. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here. Uh, on Steelers Nation Radio. We are live at the Arizona Biltmore in Phoenix for the uh, NFL meetings uh, that basically wrapped up yesterday. But we are still here uh, bringing it to you, bringing you all the news of of everything that happened here this week. Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back. I am Dale Lolly. He is Matt Williamson, and this is The Drive. We are live at the Arizona Biltmore here in Phoenix. Uh, the NFL annual uh, meeting taking place here this week and uh, well, pretty much kind of wrapping up yesterday, but uh, still some guys here uh, milling about. Yeah, yeah, there are. Most of the uh, movers and the shakers in the NFL, the, <laughs> those who would make yeah. any decisions are uh, – not kind of gone here. But, yeah, but uh, the accommodations are still here. I just got a fresh cup of coffee. I mean, there's pastries and stuff over there. That's, all for us. Yeah, I was just talking to a, <laughs> a reporter in there, and I'm like, I don't think we're going to run out of coffee today. He's like, yeah, but I keep looking at those pastries, and there's only three or four of us to eat 100 of them. We need to <laughs> <laughs> do my part. Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, so, Matt, we had a triple take drop today. Yeah, we did, huh? On the, uh, on, my position. On Steelers.com. It, it is your position, <laughs> uh, the tight end position. And, you know, if you, if you take a look at that uh, that triple take. Yeah, that group is unbelievable to me. Um, just if you, you know, just looking at how we had these guys ranked. The top, we, we break down the top five, but then we added, you know, the second time through here. As you're looking, I just want to throw one thing out there. That um, 
our buddy Dane Brugler at The Athletic put out his top 100 today. And we'll go through some of that later. Yeah, yeah. and I was just looking how many tight ends are in his top 100, and there's eight of them, you know, and two of them are 89 and, ni- and 97. So there's six in the top yeah. 63. How many cornerbacks? Uh, well, look, give me a second. Usually this is your job to do the uh, laptop work. There's going to be a lot. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, including number 100, Corey Trice. Yeah, so 15 in the top 100. That's, uh, you know, we again, we talked about that yesterday. We had Lance's Zierlein's rankings of the positions. Yeah. You kind of disagree with the tight end position being as low as it was. But cornerbacks. There's a lot of good ones. 15, I mean, there is, 15 there is. in the top 100. Is, right, right. No doubt. Yeah. I That's, just think that most. I'm no, are, you know, mathematician here, but that would be 15% of the top 100. Right, right. <laughs> but to, to, to my counterpoint, I had, what, eight of the top 10 That's are tight ends. Which half is probably, as many. Probably double the norm, though. It's double the norm, but yeah, it's still yeah. not. Like, not in every draft, there's not 15. No, both corners. are strange. Both are, are, yeah, both on, the, are on the upper edges of the extreme. 100%, 100%. Yeah, and a lot of starters, you know, or yeah, p- right, potential starters. So just looking here, so my, my my initial my initial top five, I had Michael Mayer, Luke Musgrave, Darnell Washington, Dalton Kincaid, Tucker Craft. Right. I changed that up here a little bit. I still have Mayer. I bumped Washington to number two. Okay. Musgrave, Kincaid, Sam Laporta. Understandable. I bumped up based yeah. off his workout. You have uh, on that. Um, my first go round. I don't round, think you changed the, the. You didn't change the five, the five, but you changed the order a little bit. Yeah, and I know my take has well, not no, changed. You didn't change the order at all. I didn't on those. Okay, no, because um, I was torn, kind of like you said. Your first one had Kraft at five. Your second one had Laporta. Yeah, both times they were like tied for five for me. You know, really, I mean? close. really, yeah, really close. Really, really close. Splitting hairs. And I really think those top four were maybe my hardest position to rank. Yeah, because yeah. I think all four of them. You could would put have, any of them. You could throw yeah. those guys up in any order. Put them in a bag, show, you know, a bunch of dice, roll them out. And it's I will more say this: what you're kind of depends on what you're looking at. That, yeah. Kincaid and Washington couldn't be any different. You right. know, it's, it just depends what you're looking for. Mayor, like, Mayor, and Washington are more your combo tight ends. Yeah, they're more traditional Bruner. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Old school. Like whereas Musgrave and Kincaid are the move tight ends. That especially your, Kincaid. Yeah, you know, Kincaid's two forty. Like I used the example on something I wrote recently that. Kincaid is closer to Smith and the Jigba than he is to Zach Gentry. Yeah. You know, and if Zach Gentry weren't a stealer, I would more lean towards Washington and Mayer, you know, if you had to pick one of those four. It just depends what you have and what you're looking for. See, when I, when, when I do rankings like this, and it's always been this way, mm-hmm. I look at them through a Steelers lens. I don't. I mean, I think that's where we differ. I, I and try that's, to make that's it where some of our, as yeah. Possible, as possible. And yeah. I've always done that. I do that when I, you know, for, for all the years that I rank players, regardless of what outlet I was mm-hmm. working for, I always rank guys based on how they would fit with the Steelers and if the Steelers would like them because I'm right. writing for Steelers fans. Sure, sure. Um, you know, so I, I, that's just the way I approach it. So, um, you know, I, I still like Tucker Craft. Right. Uh, I just think that, you know – so, and that that to me is why I had Mayer in Washington one and two. Those would be the yeah. kind of tight ends that they're looking for. They have historically. They're not looking right, right, for right. a guy who's just going to go out there and catch passes. I don't think so. But, I mean, I think that everyone changes quickly in this league. And not that signing Gentry is an earth-shattering move, but I would have had no interest in Kincaid a week ago. Now with Gentry in the mix, he would be my slot. Well, He'd see, be my big slot. Yeah, here's, take wh- here's Miller where Austin off the field. Here's where the Steelers have made a move in that direction, and that's Connor Hayward. 
Right. Connor Hayward is not a traditional Steelers tight end. He's not a traditional Steeler. He's not I a mean, traditional NFL tight end. Right. See, I think he's Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah. You know, or Chris Cooley or, you know, those yeah. old school H-back. Types. But he can, he still does that kind of stuff. He's mm-hmm. just not somebody that they typically have right. going to their tight end room. And I don't think it's because his last name's Hayward. You, no, you know, no. I mean, I think yeah. that they are looking for multiple weapons. You know, like you could put Fryer, Moose, Gentry, and Hayward on the field together and not be goal line. Right. You know what right. I mean? Fryermuth and Hayward are – they could be in the slot. I yeah. mean, they, they often are. Yeah. Or motion guys. You know, Gentry doesn't do that. But So, you know, but still, so when I'm looking at, at the Steelers' tight end position or th- looking at this tight end position through a Steelers' lens, I don't want another pass catcher because that's what Hayward does. So you're, gonna, not, you're not going to line up and ask him to block defensive ends. No. No, you're not. And – my thoughts on it are, though, they need one more receiver, and I'm lumping wide outs and tight ends together. I hear you in that regard. Yeah, yeah. and if I can get Kincaid, I don't need to slot wide out anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he, he'll, in some packages, Gentry won't be on the field. Fryermuth will be in line, or not. Kincaid will be the – it's a basketball team. You know, He'll yeah. be the, the shooting guard. But, but I, I also don't want to become the Ravens. Oh, where... no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Roster building question for you, though. I think, and I got so many of these questions because everyone knows Williamson wants a tight end. You know, I've been made it very clear. Signing Gentry to me does not mean you don't. You're, you, it's prohibitive to drafting. They only no. keep three. I yeah. Mean, I'm well, like, well here's keep, the thing. So, four. you know, if Derek Watt is not back and right. he is still not under contract, and I'm not saying he won't be mm-hmm. back. He's still a very valuable special teams guy. Right. Um, you know, he played the most special team snaps on the team last year. Yeah, and well, and did and does it at a very high level. But if he's not back, Hayward now goes to your running back room. Right. Because he's your fullback. He's your fullback. Uh, and Roberts has done that in a pinch. Yeah. You know, I mean, some people told me he didn't like it. I never heard that before. I mean, he did it willingly and ran into people and moved them at the line of scrimmage as a downhill fullback. Uh, yeah, I, like I asked him about that when we had oh, him. did you? You know, he said he would do whatever, uh, you know, whatever the team needs. But he did that out of necessity mm-hmm. uh, that year when, that he did it with the uh, the, the Patriots because That's all, a the, real Patriot all their other tight ends and, and fullbacks were hurt. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they, I mean, I know it's not a special. Yeah. Team, you know, but he's a very good special teamer as well. Um, but, I mean, the fullback on offense really only plays four or five snaps yeah. and doesn't even have to do that. Now, they did incorporate – Especially if you use an extra offensive lineman, which I yeah. think they'll do more if they draft a tackle. They did more last year to incorporate Watt into the offense. Yes, that's definitely true. But I think post-Claypool trade was that fifth skill guy. Gentry got the biggest bump. I'm not, even, bump. I'm not even saying in terms of playing time, but I'm saying usage. Yes. In terms of he actually touched the football. He became a he short, did touch the football, a short right. yardage guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He became, you know, a, a, you know they, hit, they hit that little that quick uh, fullback uh, slam play mm-hmm. the, the, yeah, yeah. A, a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, and but I, I wonder, think Hayward could do that just as well. Well, that's right. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. wondering if they, if they started down that road because, hey, we're going to do it with Hayward next year. Mm-hmm. And he's a he's a he and he's more, a better athlete. He's than a better Watt. athlete than Watt. Probably a better ball carrier. And we too. can do some of these things with you know people forget even you know he played wide receiver, tight end, mm-hmm. running back, pure running Michigan, back too. Michigan right, right, State. Right, yeah. right. No, I think he's a valuable piece, but you have to not necessarily have a package for him, but realize him and Gentry aren't at all the same. Well, that's a th- that's so like, prior to to re-signing Gentry, you had a definite need there. 
Right. Because if something happens to Fryermuth, and Fryermuth's not a people mover, yeah, you know. But if something happens to him, you don't just automatically plug Connor Hayward in for him and play sixty snaps a game for yeah. Hayward. Right, right, right. They, oh, there definitely was a yeah. need there. But I, st- I don't think there's a need there now. But I don't think there's a blockage for. Boy, you really like this guy. Take him. But so I, here's I, I don't, th- I'm not taking one at seventeen. So here's the yeah. Him, here's the know, thing right. about the tight end position this year, Matt. Because there are so many available. Mm-hmm. So you have the, the top 100 there. Yeah, there's eight and, of them here. And there's eight of them. They're top eight, right. There probably aren't going to be eight tight ends drafted in the top 100 picks. No. I mean, how many teams truly will consider that? 20? Right. You know, they're saying tight ends a primary need for us. And the Steelers aren't one of them. Yeah. But how many actually would? Let alone every team that does isn't going to take a second one. Yeah. You know, so they, they will fall. Uh, so the other part of that then becomes, so if there's eight guys in the top 100, how many tight ends are in the top 200? How many tight ends are in the top 300? Mm-hmm. And then how many of those guys go undrafted? So you can get a guy at that tight end position this year as an undrafted player. You might get like Koontz in the seventh round. You might get him undrafted. You might get him undrafted. And right. just sign him. Mm-hmm. And and then you're now you've now you would have been a sixth round pick or fifth round pick in a, in a previous year right yeah. right right because that position is so deep right same so thing at the cornerback we're position both kind of matter. saying the same thing like I just want to get one because right. you can get them at a discount but if I'm going to get a guy who I don't in most the first years, one off the board yeah if I'm going to get a guy who in most years would have been a fifth round draft pick remember Gentry was a fifth round draft pick mm-hmm. Jesse James was a fifth round if I'm getting a, a player of that talent. Undrafted. undrafted or with those seven, two sevenths or whatever. That's right. fantastic. That's value. fantastic because he's a real chance to make the he's, team. It's, absolutely. Right, he's your right, third right. tight end, and maybe he's maybe he's a guy that compliments Gentry. Maybe he's a pass catcher that compliments Firemuth that I get to work with as a blocker, but he's talented enough to make my roster. So I know Kendrick Green didn't work out at center, but we went into that draft that time of year, whether it was two years ago, saying the Steelers need a center. Steelers need a center. That's the Humphrey center year. There was – uh, Myers from Ohio State. There was like five that yeah. looked like they were projected to be starters. And like Kendrick Green, these eight that I'm looking at aren't all going to work out, folks. You know, I mean, right. there's a human nature to this. So what you do, though, as a franchise is your pro scouting team comes in and says, I can really only see 10 teams being in the market for a center and these three are probably going to take one. Kansas City just doesn't have a center. They're going to yeah. get one, you know. So, But as soon as that team goes and takes the center, you can check them off the board. Of they're not taking, They're not taking one. two. Yeah. And tight ends are really similar that way. Yeah. It's not like wide outs or D-backs or, you know, like. Well, At most, unless you're Baltimore, you're carrying three. Yeah. A lot of teams only carry two. Some carry one. Yes. If we don't, if we count Hayward, though, I think the Steelers could carry four. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of that body type. Because they Hayward with, and Gentry they, aren't body types yeah. at all. Well, they did with Watt last year. You, you know, you, you, yeah, they yeah, did yeah. stuff with Watt where he he's mm-hmm. out on the wing. Yeah, oh, right, right, right. You know? And again, I would rather have Hayward do that than yeah. Watt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay, we're we're speaking the same language. So it, it's just interesting, you know. I I don't know that you necessarily draft a tight end. I think you can wait and <clears throat> maybe mm-hmm. get a, a decent guy once the draft is over. Like a guy that I've really warmed up to the two actually at the end of this this list is the 89th player and the 97th player on Dane's board is Schoonmaker from Michigan yeah and Strange from Penn State 
Strange is a nasty, nasty blocker and a good athlete that has been blocked by Fryermuth over the years and guys like that. They got a guy there now who's – Supposedly he's a star, yeah. yeah. And I was actually talking to Jerry Dulac yesterday about it. He's like, wait till the next guy you see. You know what I mean? So Strange has been kind of blocked. So maybe, you know, just watching his tape, he's a fourth rounder. You get him at the end of the fifth or something like that. I mean, that's – uh, that would be fine with me. That would that would itch my knee. You know, that would scratch my itch. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be Washington at thirty-two or something yeah. like that. Was Cameron uh, Latu? Is he in the top? He's one? not in the top one. I mean, there's another guy. There's and there's more. Right. His talent is more. And, right. He can do some. I mean, so yeah, there's guys that. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? Right. And you know the thing about what the Steelers look for at that tight end position. It is different than what a lot of other teams. Right, like they want guys who can who can block first, mm-hmm. and that you know then become receivers. Now Fryermuth's a little different; he's a better receiver than blocker, but he's not uh, a zero as a blocker. Right, you right, know, right, right. yeah. I mean, he's not a, a big wideout. Um, he, I mean, he's a, he's a modern day tight end. Yeah, I mean, the, the guys coming to the league are different. I mean, there's not many Kyle Brady's and Mark Bruners anymore. You know, that, that run four eight fives. You know, yeah. and they're really good blockers. That are but those guys have a place in the league. They do. They do. Um, they just don't get drafted highly. So, for example, I've never, I haven't seen anyone else do this, but these mocks we've done with Mike, twice I think I've had the Chiefs take one of the tight ends. Yeah. Just learn from Kelsey and then a guy like Musgrave or Kincaid. Where, so if you were the Steelers, though, and I don't think we'll, you know, to your point, it won't come to this, but if you had your choice right now, a genie comes out of the bottle and says, hey, Dale, you can add one tight end from this draft to the Steelers roster right now for free, who would you pick? One for free? It doesn't cost anything? doesn't cost a thing. Again, I'm going to look at this. Would, would you, I mean, you said you kind of did this through a Steeler lens. Would yeah. Mayer be your pick? I, I have Mayer as number one. I have Washington number two. Okay, so that's through a Steeler's eyes. Yeah. If I said you could have one of these guys for free, doesn't cost you a pick. You would take Mayer. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't think they'd be unhappy with that at all. No, I think he, he's going to be a guy who plays in the league for 10 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. No, he's been very successful at a big program. He blocks. He's nasty. You know, yeah. I would probably take Musgrave. But I don't think he's – well, I take that back. He's my number one from a generic 32-team lens. Yeah. I don't know that he's a great fit here. Right. You know what I mean? They yeah. may prefer – I might take Washington over him because I had Washington over Mayer, you know. Yeah. Uh, just as a bigger, better version of Gentry. Well, not yeah. even bigger, but better, more athletic. Yeah, he's really not bigger. Surprising, <laughs> pretty large. Surprising yeah, as right. his, that sounds, he's not bigger. <laughs> Last little nugget about the tight end stuff is they – last year they were near the bottom of the league in six offensive line sets. Scott came out, I don't yeah. know, 10 snaps, something like that. Previous to that, they were always at the top of the league. I think it's just because they didn't have a great six lineman. But yeah. if you if your forty seventh pick or thirty second pick is a tackle, I want to see him get on the field. If, he if might not, not from beat day, out Dan Moore. Yeah, if not from day one, he's going to be doing it at some point. Yeah, you I may mean, still line up, you know, in week one with Gentry as that guy. Oh, for sure. But as the as the but season it's just goes another on, option. Yeah, you know, like if Dewad Jones is sitting there with his helmet in his hands on the sidelines. I wouldn't mind seeing him five or six snaps a game lined up next to Dan Moore or Jukes, you know. Yeah. And Gentry could be lined up next to him, too. You know Absolutely. What I mean? Right. Absolutely. So there's a lot of options. Hey, uh, you can now listen to Steelers Nation Radio anytime, anywhere through your smart speaker. Just say, Alexa, play Steelers Nation Radio from my heart, and Alexa will take care of the rest. 
He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. We are live at the Arizona Biltmore here for the 2023 NFL Annual Meeting. Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. makes more money we make more money. Oh, welcome back i'm dale lolly uh, he is matt williamson and uh, this is the drive on steelers nation radio and uh, we are live at the arizona biltmore here in phoenix uh, where the owners meetings are uh, wrapping up today for the most i mean they're kind yeah, of yeah, wrapped yeah. up but they're still some, it's done yeah the, the heavy lifting is done the hay is in the barn mm-hmm. it was Glorious. It was good stuff. It was glorious. Yeah. Matt, I'm looking here at the uh, at the 33rd team. Yeah. There's some interesting stuff yeah. there today. Uh, they get some uh, uh, list here from uh, Ari uh, Mar- Miroff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have noticed his work a few times. Yeah. Nice job there. He uh, breaks down some uh, other players here. We've seen thus far this offseason. Hasn't been like last year with some of the big receiver names moving. You're talking about the trades. The trades, right, yeah. right, right. And some of those were draft day, though. I mean, yeah. AJ Brown was draft day, but Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams but were before th- that. Think about the guys who've been traded this year: Jalen Ramsey, yeah, Stephon Gilmore, Brandon Cooks, Chuck Clark, Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, All of whom got less compensation than I would have guessed, especially compared to last year. Yeah. So here's some other players who could be traded mm-hmm, mm-hmm. moving forward. Here, Jerry Judy. All right, let's make it Steeler-esque. Would you consider a third-round pick for Judy? Uh, I don't know if they'd even take it, but well, here's the problem. I wouldn't give them the top three picks. Jerry Judy, you have to make a decision on his fifth year option by May 1st. I think you'd have to pick it up. You'd have to pick it up as a receiver. That's 12 point. That's almost $13 million. I know. I know. And his flashes are really good. And I thought he had his best year as a pro last year. Not everyone noticed it because the offense was so injured and awful. Yeah. But he's injured a lot too. So I'm going to say no for third. I'm going to still say no. And that's what I'm saying. Because that's the it's, most I'd consider. Overall, it's going to cost you about $15 million. Mm-hmm. I hear you. He's probably better than the receiver. I mean, he's definitely better than the receiver you'd get anywhere outside of price 17. Yeah. But you're going to have to pick up. I that. lean towards no as well. Yeah, I also to... don't know how slot capable he is. I know he's yeah, done it. I don't right. know that he's lived there. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. No for the Steelers. Yeah, but. no for the Steelers, obviously. So I was listening to uh, Bucky and DJ's podcast this morning, and DJ said, don't be shocked if Tennessee ends up with that third pick. You know, that they, that they are very actively looking at these quarterbacks, really don't have any faith in Malik Willis, and they showed us that last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a total rebuild. I, I don't know if Derrick Henry's on that list, but he's been rumored to get traded too. So – I could see them just going youth movement, top to bottom. Yeah. And then Ryan has to go. Uh, Cedric Wilson. That was a bad signing. Yeah, they overspent on him. I I don't think he moves the needle. He had 12 catches for 136 yards last year. Is he their true three? Or was he injured some? They added Braxton Berrios. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, the top two demands so many targets. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I, I think he's a no for the Steelers. I right? think he's a no for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. At that contract. You yeah, just wait yeah. for him to get cut. Right. I mean, he's probably a seventh-round pick type of compensation. Yeah. So Darius Smith. No, but he's good. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would rather sign, sign Bud at a fraction of the cost and not use the draft pick and take a chance on a guy that's had success. Yeah. Jonah Williams. Not for the Steelers. No. But I could see some teams interested. <clears throat> I think he's a guard. I think he's a guard. Um, I think at the, the breakfast the other day, uh, their head coach said he's going to compete at right tackle. Whether he, I mean, that's their plan compete for him. Compete at right tackle. Yeah, you'd assume he wins, but right. Yeah. I mean, he's that's what they're looking at him as, the right tackle. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah, well, I mean, if he's a seventh-round pick, I mean, he's making first-round money, which isn't Again, nothing. you're going to have to right. pick, you have to pick up the option. I mean, I didn't like him coming out of school. I didn't understand why he was the first back taken. I like him a lot less now. He's I liked re- him as a back. Uh, I didn't like him in the first round. Yeah, 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 with Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins on the board. My thoughts on him are he's not a good enough receiver to just – he doesn't have a specialty. Yeah. Because he's bad in protection, and he's so little he gets run over, and he's got short arms. He's a good ball carrier, but he's not a first and ten foundation back, so it's hard to use him. How about this one? Kevin Byers. Yeah, that's the one. Kevin Byers. What, what, do they have the numbers there? He's currently set to make $13.6 million in 2023 and is signed for $13.6 million next year. Well, yes. Now, you could if, if you made a trade for him. And we just talked about the Titans. They yeah. are sellers. You would redo you would You could redo that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, if you redid that, you would make it less mm-hmm. in the short term. Yeah, and you could restructure a deal or two to make that work. Yeah. Um, I still think he's a tremendous player that is several slots below Minka, but that means he's the fifth best safety on the planet right now. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, yeah. he's he's scheme versatile. He's not a one-for-one Edmonds replacement. He's closer to Minka than he is Edmonds in, time, in terms of style of safety, but I don't really care. You know, he's yeah. just really good and really versatile. I just and he's wanted, I just was curious about the numbers. He counts nineteen point six million against Tennessee's cap. Mm-hmm. They asked him to restructure. He said no. They asked him to restructure. He said no. They asked him to his, take him. his dead money is thirteen point six. Okay. For them, basically, what he what he's going to make this year, mm-hmm. uh, they get some voidable years on the end of that. Um, so they're going to twenty eight. What's that? How, how old is he? Twenty eight, maybe. He is thirty. He's thirty. Okay. Yeah. I think he came in the league not as an underclassman. I, what, what round pick does he cost you though? At that cost, at that at that price, you're probably looking at a fourth or a fifth. See, I was going to compare it to Jalen Ramsey. They gave up a third and Hunter Long for Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, he's going to be cheaper than that. He's a safety because he's a safety yeah. and he's expensive and he's older and he's also really good. But Ramsey's worth more than Bayard. Yeah, I mean, if you're competing on the open market, fourth, fifth. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, if you can absorb the cost, which the Steelers could. Yeah, he would greatly improve your defense. Yeah, that would that would be exciting to me. Yeah. Um, more and more with these guys signing, I think the Steelers are going to use a third or fourth round pick on a safety as it stands today, as opposed to sign somebody like I'm just leaning towards that middle group. I'd, I'd still want to grab Brian Branch or, you know, um, yeah, I yeah. mean, someone like that. I'd take either the two Illinois safeties in those, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I wouldn't, un- maybe in the third round. Yeah. It would be the earliest non-branch safety. I would go, uh, Trey Lance. I think he's going to move. Yeah. 
to me, Baltimore makes a lot of sense. As does Tennessee, because their, right. their GM just left there. Right. Go with Lance and Willis. We liked them before, or we'll like them again. Yeah, Lance Willis, and they could hand it to Henry and just try to establish something. Yeah. Uh, I think he moves. Then some other guys who could still be on the move. You got uh, Allen Robinson. He's going to be like a first, seventh-round pick type. Yeah, just if that. Get him off the, yeah, get him off the cap. But at uh, least there's a shortage of receivers right now in the league. Too. Corey Davis and Denzel Mims. A lot of talk that Corey Davis could end up in Green Bay as the Rodgers trade. Yeah. Which they could use him. He's still a good player. He's yeah. not a great contract. But uh, he won't be a Jet. Emmanuel Ogba. Okay. Uh, Dolphins. Dolphins, yeah. Yeah. And then Hunter Renfro. Right. He's a little expensive. Didn't quite He'd fit basically in Basically make much. it just a little bit less than Deontay Johnson. Yeah. And Myers is pretty redundant with yeah. him. I mean, I thought that signing was not a ring endorsement for Renfro. Uh, they used Mac Hollins a lot instead of Renfro. Like, I don't think the new coach likes him. Yeah. yeah you thought that was a perfect marriage, you know, slot guy. I he could not like money, Renfro. I mean, he's a good dude. I mean, he's a good player. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they do have a lot invested in him. Absolutely. And then there's like Eckler is not on that list. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of the backs. But um, Bayard, I would make a call. See what it's going to cost. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Absolutely. And there's a safety need right now. Yep. Hey, you can subscribe now to The Drive. Every, every episode we do is available for you to download. Subscribe today through the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you find your podcast. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. We are live from the NFL meetings here at the Arizona Biltmore in Phoenix. We'll be back with Hour 2 right after this.